Hi guys! What's up? It's Music Happy Hour! Let's get ready! What, what is up? We're back at it! <laughs> Whoa, yeah! Fourth and possibly final episode. Let's wrap it up with the worst album we've listened to. Absolutely. False! <laughs> False! Oh, listen, listen, listen. Before we get into it, let's lay out what we got today. We're going to be discussing the, I don't, the album. You won't get what you want. We will be discussing the album, You Won't Get What You Want, which is a good album. Um, then we've got a movie, movie minute from Ghana. And we have a great interview with Ethan Whitekin, who's a band director at Austin. And then that's the show. Yep. Okay, so let's just hop right into this album, which I know is probably going to be divisive, but we will try and be as orderly and kind to each other as possible. No. So destroy their false opinions. Okay, so... The album You Won't Get What You Want by The Daughters was released around November 2018 after eight years of studio silence. The last album was in 2010 and they had like one or two in the 2000s. They should and have kept silent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a huge step because like their, their first album is like 10 songs and it's 11 minutes long. There's, there's like second album's like only 20 minutes. So jumping from like 20 minutes to 50 minutes, it's quite a big step for them. And it's a very interesting record. It's, it's like noise rock. It's very industrial. It's very abrasive. It's very abrasive on the ears, which means it's not music to these people. But we will still, we will still get into it. So, what did you guys think of? You will not. You won't get what you want. I hated you get, it. So you did not get what you wanted. I I wanted. I, I, I didn't get what I wanted. Wow, that, that, that's good. <laughs> I wanted to. Is that your one point for this whole album, Gannon? Yeah. Yeah. No, but but when when there's an album where I have to skip a song, what song do you skip? The one that's seven minutes long. I got two there's two of in. them. There's two the of them. One, the second one that's seven minutes long. I could that's, not. That's like the best song. Gannon, it's so bad. Gannon, it's I so listen. Explain, explain how it's anything. bad. You explain can't how it's anything. bad. You can't understand anything they're saying. You can definitely hear stuff. That's also why you listen with lyrics. Okay, you got to be a little louder, <laughs> buddy. Talk a yeah, you're kind of quiet. Gannon, 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 I listened to the lyrics. I watched the lyrics. Okay, good. But you couldn't hear the lyrics. See, I It sounded like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah. Death Grips, okay? Death Grips was like that. This is not Death Grips. You're right. It was I, just... I, so I honestly don't know what you're talking about. Because Do you guys have bad headphones or something? Because it's so easy to hear what they're saying. Like, sure, there's a lot of background noise and, like, fuzz. But that's part of the aesthetic. Like and I also, did not it's a have bad aesthetic. Gannon, if we're talking about the last album, right? We talked, about, we talked about Jesus is King, right? You're talking about these surface level lyrics. He says one line for the whole song. Pretty like much. What? Like he has his verses that change a little bit, but the majority of a song is one single sentence. Right. That, that's so wrong. I have the lyrics pulled up right here. They're all hey. The it's majority basic. of a song relies on one sentence. Which is just that, is, that is not true. No People who listen to this There's podcast no will think that is true. And that is such a false statement. Cannon, Cannon, so a, at the very beginning of the album, when I think that it's just like um, noise fuzz coming out of my headphones, and I'm like, wait, is the album actually going or not? I made it through three, and then I just, had to, I just couldn't listen to full songs anymore. I just listened to snippets of each because I could not handle it. Okay, I will now decide to go in-depth on 
everything I love about this album, just so that the people who are listening don't get the impression that it's just some people banging on instruments for 50 minutes. Because it is. Basically. It is. To me, to me, I, I love this album because, first off, it has, it has a concept and it sticks, to, sticks with it. And the concept is it's about a man who is on the, on like the, on the brink of insanity due to consistent and horrible nightmares. And a lot of the, a lot of the lyrics touch on like the feeling, feeling of a nightmare, it references sleeping a lot. And, and, I, and I think there is a clear kind of through line that is kind of nonlinear, but I'll go into it. It's the first song, it's called City Song. It has the repeated phrase, the city is an empty glass, which I know you probably might think is repeated throughout the whole song, but it is not. And I think the city is an empty glass I, I just see that as like at that point he's dreaming and the city's an empty glass like he's like the, the city he's in is, is it's empty like because he's he's dreaming like, it seems like a city but there's nothing it's all in his mind and a lot of these songs tap into this thing where tap into the whole thing of like the reality you're living in being like nothing it's shut up ashton <laughs> can i oh my god and i think the uh the uh one in my my favorite part on the album is the song mm-hmm. Less sex. I'm not sure if you can say that, but Whoa! that's the song name. And I think I I, I, <laughs> I want to hear you guys' thoughts on the song because it actually has like a melody. It's actually the guy singing. So yeah, I'd agree thing? that it's the one song in the whole album that actually sort of pays attention to musical composition besides the last one, at the very end of the last one. Yeah. Again, yeah, when the fav- when my favorite part of the album is before I press play. There's something wrong with the album. Okay? Okay, Ashton, just, you're saying your favorite with what's wrong. Like, I can understand if you don't like it, but just by yeah, saying music, that, but just by saying subjective. you didn't like it, but just, just by saying you, you didn't like it, does like not mean the album's bad. Gannon, could I get through it a little bit now? Yes, please go. Please go. Even looking over my opinion on the lyrics of, of the chart, right? Of the whole album. I think it's a little repetitive, a little lazy. Let me, let me, let me pull up the, the album list. When looking at it, there's just a complete lack of respect for music composition in it. See, I, I don't see how music has to like obey these rules. And I think there, there's some musicality in it. There's still so much being thrown at you. Like if you listen, you can like hear so many things about. Too much is being too, thrown at you at one time. It's just chaos. Yeah, but that, that's what I like about it. Because like for me, the first listen, I hated this album. Like I thought it was like stupid. I didn't like it. And as I kept listening. It just grew on me more and more, and then eventually I listened to it. I I kind of get something new every time. I'm like, it's so it's so dense that like you don't you you don't you don't like, ingest all of it on like the first listen. It takes several listens, and then each listen you're kind of finding new stuff, and it kind of makes it more rewarding, in my opinion. It's so dense that they just made it. If, if that's Ashton. if that's the goal of this album, right, to get people to come back and listen, but I also think to do that. You know, well, so as if that's the goal of the album and you need to come back and listen again, it just doesn't appeal to a lot of, including me, it doesn't appeal to a lot of audiences to do that. But I'm not, I'm not saying it's, this album fails. I'm not saying it's the goal that people come back and listen. I'm just saying that's an attribute that I like. It's like the goal of the album is to like make the listener feel as if they're going insane, just like how the main character is. Like in the second song, Long Road No Turns. Is like screaming these lyrics. Everybody climbs up high and falls real far. A little is all it takes. And it sounds like the ramblings of an insane person. Everybody gets in line and makes mistakes. A little is all it takes. A little is all it takes. And just like through that, like that sometimes repetition, which you had problem with. I think it sort of drills into that, drills into like the, 
the whole point of this guy being insane because he's constantly plagued by these night terrors. And he, like, he can't get any rest. And I think part of the, like, part of the repetition, it's kind of built into that. And then also just the, all, all the distorted noise and just I, like all the cacophony, it goes towards that theme of like making like you feel insane too. So that's why I like it because it, it kind of it, it provides an experience I've never gotten with any other album in that it's just like, I don't know, it's kind of it's hard to explain. Yeah, like I can understand where you're getting that it makes you feel insane because it, it definitely does. <laughs> it attacks that sight. And like I really noticed that in the first song with City Songs where it has the droning pulse, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's something I'm, I'm like, okay, like obviously this isn't the type of music I like at all. But it still has the, it's obviously he's thinking here. But as I progressed through the album, it got repetitive and it got lazy to me. And it, it, just, it, just, now, it just didn't connect, you know? So I mm-hmm. think like at the beginning, and I thought he did it really well at the beginning where he introduces, you know, obviously you had a good point with the repetitive words as, you know, insanity and that kind of stuff. I, I, like, I don't like that. But um, yeah. I think it just it just loses interest as it goes on, and it doesn't make me feel insane at the end. It just, it just makes me disappointed that I listened to 48 minutes of an album. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay, I see that. And then I, I just wanted to, I know I, I touched on it earlier about like the, the whole like um, concept, and I just wanted to go into it more because I think, I, I don't know, I just appreciate it a lot. It's like the song, Less Bad Word, whatever, I think is best understood as like, that's the end of the concept. That's after he's like, he's gone on insane. He's been on, on the brink of it, but he's fully gone insane and accepted these thoughts. And that's sort of why it's, it's more like, it's more of a normal song. There's less, there's less, there's less cacophonous noises. And, and he talks about, he says, I, I let it into my home. And that's right after guest house, when the man screaming, let me in, let me in. Those are those, those violent urges of his mind. And he let them in. And now he's gone fully insane. There's no turning back and he's saying, I let it into my home. That's him singing about that. And I, I love that because it appears in the middle of the album. And at first you're like, what is this? Because at first it's like, it's like a nice breath of fresh air. Cause like, it's the song that it, it sounds like, a, it sounds more like a normal song. When you look back at like the, the whole theme, I think it, it it's, it's nonlinear, but it fits in with that. And I appreciate that. And then also in one of the songs he, he talks about, it might be flammable man, might be Satan in the weight, but he talks about how he's scared of the ocean. And then like track nine is called Ocean Song. And that's like the, the main song where he's in a dream. He's suddenly like, he's suddenly overcome with this, this sensation to run. And that's the, the sort of like damaged part of it inside of him, which eventually runs to like number track 10, the guest house and screaming, let me in. But the fact that he said he's scared of the oceans in real life. And then the, the, uh, the main song about a dream manifests, manifests itself in this like ocean. That's part of like his real life fear is being manifested in the dream which sort of like caused to tip him over the edge. So I think that's the kind of stuff where like, like, like first and second listen, I never noticed that stuff. I just thought, this is so weird and strange. Like, this is stupid. But then now that I notice all that, it's just like, it keeps clicking and I get all this newfound appreciation for the album. It's like, I, I also agree. And like, it's not for everyone. I can see people turning this on and like hating it and being like, this is stupid. This bothers me. I hate it. It's just so loud. But I, I have this real respect to it because like sort of also with Kids See Ghosts, it was one of the first albums I listened to that kind of got me interested in listening to music more like in depth. And it's kind of played a huge part in like basically making my musical taste what it is today. So I, yeah, I absolutely love this album. Yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from lyrics wise because as, mm-hmm. as, as a lyric wise piece, 
besides the repetition in it, I, I think I think it's a really good album in terms of a story that's being told, right? Mm-hmm. I just think musically, there were so many more things that he could have done besides just have screaming notes and screaming sirens at us throughout the whole whole album. I think he could have varied that a little bit and really looked into like what he could have done with ostinatos and rhythms and things like that throughout the whole album that um, would have would have kept that repetition inside of music and also inside of the lyrics. I think that would have just elevated this album and uh, helped his concept a little more. I, it just, it just okay. falls short in terms of the actual composition for me of the album. Mm-hmm. See, for me, I actually don't mind. Like, I actually think it is kind of musically inst- interesting for me because like, it's like, they're certainly not like standard instrumentals and it's like super intimidating because like, it's all just like, shoved at you but i think like the song daughter i thought it has some really cool guitar riffs i thought the less s word has <laughs> track number six i thought it has a super cool like group to like the I, don't know. I can't see it here but i thought it was like it's just like like you know, like track six it was like it was more inviting in its instrumentals i thought it was really cool i thought flammable man i, I absolutely love that instrumental these because like like, like the title flammable man is like sort of talking about how him like him as like a person like he's so close to the brink of insanity that he's flammable he could like go up and like he, he can go up in like any second and it's super like it's super fast super on edge and that sort of reflects the title satan in the weight might be my least favorite song is because i think it's seven minutes long and i don't know like the the lyrics seem like the most removed from the album as i always like talking about the guy has a face like a matchstick face like he's been sucking concrete through a straw and it's, it's like the most like abrasive and like sort of un- unappealing to me in general but i i still appreciate it in like the whole the whole album as a whole yeah <laughs> I don't know, that was kind of me rambling but uh yeah i i i think it's it's that same hasn't said a lot recently consistent right. across the it's definitely not an album that is consistent across the board. I would, oh, I, I can't just, it's consistent even, in that it's talk, like. Look, Gannon, Gannon, let's talk about what you've said, right? You yeah. maybe mentioned four or five of the songs on this whole album. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I, I, I mentioned, six. I mentioned, right? well, well, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> when we start to think about it, there's songs that are so forgettable on this album because it all blends together, you know? And that, that, that's where just a variety in music composition and using different things to portray insanity would just elevate this album so much further, right? Because to me, it just seems like this 48 minute song that just isn't unique anywhere in the album, except for the very end when those strings pop in at the end of Guest House. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. obviously the first, like obviously the first two songs i was like okay i can like get through this this obviously isn't my style but it just kept coming back to the same thing musically for every single song until last bad word okay and then it went back to it and then until guest home at the very end it didn't you know and that, okay. that's just why it falls short for me it just mm-hmm. yeah it just, it just sounds the same through and through for me at least okay i, I had trouble distinguishing between different songs I disagree, but I respect both your opinions. This is a happy podcast. We all get along. Absolutely. <laughs> Even though you're both wrong. So, what ranking are you guys thinking for, us, for you two? Uh, okay, for, for me, okay, this is honestly like, 
I, I, I spent the whole time praising it, but this is one of my favorite albums of all time. Not gonna lie. Even though I have like I have things that like like I said, Satan in the Way isn't my like favorite of all the tracks. I still absolutely respect it and love it as a whole. It's an album that I, I, I keep coming back and listen to it. It's it never gets tiring for me. Like last night, I listened to the whole thing, like not like not as background noise. I sat down like reading the lyrics, listened to the whole 15 minutes through, and it did not feel like I was like dragged at any time. I thought even though you guys like I can see how it's it sounds the same. There's I think after each like listen, the songs sort of differentiate themselves and like become new things to me. But I'm still at the point where I'm still like I'm still kind of discovering more stuff about it. So right now I'm getting like solid like a nine, nine point five. It's not a 10 yet because like some things that I don't like as much, but overall, this is like, this has always been a favorite of mine and I see why it's, it's you say how it keeps, you know, um, or listen to it, you know, so many times and then you start to see it. And I'm like, this album doesn't want, it doesn't make me want to listen to it again. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. here that I'm like, Oh, I want to hear this again. So for me, it's like a four, 4.3. Okay. And th- yeah, that's that's definitely just part of like you know music subjective. It's like yeah, it's like what do we like? Um, I'm on all music right now, just looking at some reviews of it, just to kind of see what other people are thinking. And it's got it at a nine out of ten, but Michelle Obama has it as a ten out of ten. But I don't think it's actually Michelle Obama. Wait, Michelle Wait, what? Obama. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go. Well, don't think it's actually case. Michelle Obama, but that's their person's name but no i like i can definitely respect the lyrics and the story being told by this album so that's why it's like a, a 5.2 for me but it, again it just okay. falls short in the composition it, it just doesn't appeal to me and it just seems super repetitive where there's things that as a musician you could have done way more to uh keep us interested so. yeah word facts on god okay well, that was a good talk good talk Can on I- that album Good. Yeah, it was good. Thanks for the recommendation, Gannon, because it's always good to expand musical interest. Movie no problem. Speaking of interest. Movie minute. Movie minute. Okay, so today's movie minute is just one. I realized I kind of broke the rules last time. and I'm going gonna to go back to the original template. It's an absolute I'm classic. Kidding. Absolute classic. Everyone should watch it. It's called Citizen Kane. <laughs> this is a mo- okay. It's, this is considered the best movie of all time by many sources. I wouldn't go that far, but it's extremely admirable. I, okay, this movie is extremely what admirable. What about grown-ups? Like, Adam Sandler has like three movies that are better than Citizen Kane. Click. Click. I mean, <laughs> Jack and Jill. <laughs> grown-ups 2. Big Daddy. Pixels. Pixels. Pixels, yeah. <laughs> all right, back to your movie. Mall Cop. Movie He's not, that's not his, but Mall Cop's just better. Sorry. Yeah, Paul Blart Mall Cop. Mall Cop, yeah, it's better. Hey. <laughs> so this movie's been like analyzed to death. But I'll just say some things about why I loved it. So before I recently watched it, this was like a seven out of ten for me. I, was, I thought it was it was just it was kind of boring and re- meandering. But on my recent watch, it totally clicked. I think in terms of storytelling, this is one of the most intelligent movies of its time. It was made in 1941, and it was it was the it was the directorial debut of Orson Welles. And it's so. It's so like just amazing to watch this movie because this is a guy who's never directed a single movie before, and it's okay, it's script, it's written, it's so intelligent because like basically the story is this like this newspaper tycoon Charles Foster Kane like he dies and his last words are Rosebud and the media is like obsessing over this like what is Rosebud? We and this one guy goes to interview all the people who knew him to find out what Rosebud means to like understand who Charles Foster Kane was. Mm-hmm. I think what's I super like what I like about this movie is like a normal movie that when like 
like I've seen some movies that tackle like someone who dies and they go to someone and get their life story and they, they go to one person and get the entire story from them. But Susan K is intelligent intelligent in that how it shows how it shows the people who knew him. Like if he goes to like his second wife, we get his entire story from the perspective of his like second wife. And if he goes to like his friend Jedediah, you get his entire life from the perspective of Jedediah. And I think that makes for a really intricate, interesting story where there's like a bunch of jigsaw pieces being put together. And that's super fascinating. And like visually, this is such an interesting movie. It's like for 1941, it looks absolutely beautiful. There's like so much atmosphere and like shadow. It, it could, the uh, shadows create such good atmosphere in the movie. <laughs> uh, and then also the, uh, the shots, it's like it uses a lot of long takes, which are super admirable, which were like really hard to pull off. Like normally, movies kind of are made in like the editing for this movie. Like you'll notice that it's been going for like two or three minutes and it doesn't cut. And it's super admirable that like, you have all these scenes playing out in these like super long takes, which, which basically makes it hard on the acting and everything else. But if that's top notch, it means it's, it means it adds a lot to the movie. And also Orson Welles, he directed it and he stars in it as Charles Foster Kane. And he's like, he's one of the best actors of all time, in my opinion. And he does a fantastic job. And this is a must see movie. Just, because like it's one of the classics, it's great, still holds up. Nice. Very nice movie. Nice, sweet, sweet. Yes. Do you guys have, nice have any music stories or anything you want to talk about today? No. Wait, wait, sorry, what, Ashton? Got any music stories you want to talk about today? No. Music stories? <laughs> what does no. that entail, Ashton? I don't know. Whatever you want. Don't. Well, we could talk any. a little bit about marching bands. It's our next. Um, our next guest, or our guest today, is one of our marching band um, leaders, or uh, what would you call him? Staff members. Staff members. So That's we correct. Talk a little bit about marching band. Um, I like marching band. Yeah, well, I also like marching like band. Favorite, what's your guys' like favorite marching band experience? My favorite marching band experience. <sighs> Sam, you go first. Well, I have. A, I got a few. Cause like favorite. Um, one of the coolest moments, um, for me was because I'm I'm a drum major for our, for our marching band, and one of the coolest. Oh, moments, look at you! Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> but but one of the coolest moments for, for me was when we were at we were at a parade. Was it? I think it was Waconia this past year, and um, it was the award ceremony, and we were up there, and. Our band won best wins, right? That was at Raconia. No, it was at. Which one was that? I think I have I, no recollection of any of the parades. Rice, maybe. It was it was one of those because I thought it was I don't know. But I don't we know. Won, we won best wins, and that was just our um the band members went all in, went insane. It was it was really cool. It was a cool experience to get to see that from from the field, and then um I don't know. I just. Had a lot of lot of funny moments throughout the years. My favorite was being locked in the locked in the bus bathroom for thirty minutes. <laughs> That's on you. You you did that to yourself. <laughs> My favorite probably goes all the way back to eighth grade with the California trip. I think that was just yeah. so much fun. Cali was a good like, time. None of us like when we were in the summer after eighth grade year. Like none of us were in the same room together. You know, it was like we all got to have experiences with, you know, people that like aren't our age. And that was just like super cool as, as an eighth grader coming in. So yeah, Gannon was in my room. Yeah. I don't know what you're yeah. saying. You, were, you and yeah. Gannon were in the same room. Oh. Yeah. Gannon and Gabe and then Michael Ackman. 
Yeah. See, you had you had one uh one older representation. <laughs> You're uh, yep. No, but I guess it was cool for me since I had you know like Bryce and uh Tommy and yeah. You must have been nice, Ashton. Huge shout out to Two Step guys. Um, look them up on Spotify. Owatonna rapper. Give them some support. Um, yeah, SoundCloud. Oh, marching band's definitely fun, and it's it's def- definitely something I wouldn't exchange my last three or four years of June for. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, next up, we've got our interview with Ethan Whitekin. He's a band director in Austin, and as we said, he works with. Uh, our marching band, and he's he's an overall pretty great dude. Super cool yep. interview. Here, here he is. Here we go. Let's get her. All right, sweet. We're back with our special guest, uh, Ethan Wyken. Um, he he's got experience in marching band and teaching, and uh, just a really cool guy. Um, we're gonna ask some questions. Um, would you care to introduce yourself, Ethan? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Ethan Wyken. Uh, I teach band in Austin, Minnesota. I teach fifth and sixth grade band. Um, I'm going into my, oh geez, it's my sixth year teaching. Um, and my primary instrument is trumpet. And I know these three from working with the Oatana marching band. Um, I have a lot of marching band experience as well as band teaching experience. Awesome. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So. So what made you start playing music? Well, uh, I, I was doing musical things as long as I can remember. I mean, when I was in kindergarten, my parents signed me up for piano lessons. So like, I guess it wasn't totally like my choice back then, but uh, so I was doing musical things all throughout elementary school. And then when it came around to choose an instrument, um, I actually chose cello at first um, and then uh, after a year, I switched to trumpet and then uh, stuck with it ever since. Um, to go with your question about like when I started doing music, like when it was, I guess when it was like my choice was probably in like seventh and eighth grade when um, we were allowed to join the marching band in my school district. And that's when I really took ownership of it and started like really working hard at my private lessons. Um, you know, because it's a lot bigger of a deal. and. That's, that's why I really remember diving into practicing on my own and stuff like that. What led you to pursue music as a career? Um, I guess my experiences in high school uh, persuaded me to go into music in college. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do in music right away in college. Uh, I went to Kutztown University in Pennsylvania. Um, just as a music major at first, music performance major. But I think deep down, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I ended up teaching more lessons and stuff, even as just a performance major. And then um, realized I really enjoyed it and started going and going that route a lot more, um, but obviously still keeping up with my trumpet playing. So I kind of discovered exactly what I wanted to do in college, kind of teach, but also be a, you know, the best performer I can, kind of mixture both. So, so we uh, know you were a participant in the, uh, DCI. Um, mm-hmm. So what was kind of, what was the day-to-day life of a drums corps member like? Um, well, I did, I did two seasons of DCI and I guess they were both quite different. Um, my first year was, I was going into my junior year of high school. Um, 
So that was a challenge even before I got there because I had to end school a month early and do all that stuff early. So that was just a project in itself. But the day-to-day, there's kind of two, if you kind of split the summer in half, there's the um, training where you learn the show, that's about a month. And then there's the uh, touring all over the country performing. Um, so the training and learning the show, it's 12 hours a day. You're rehearsing, learning drill, getting in shape. Hopefully you show up in shape, but um, running and just conditioning and skill, skill building. And so that's like just pretty intense for a whole month. And then the payoff is whenever you get to tour, um, you might show up to a town. They put the schedule on the board. You might rehearse for two hours eat and then go to a show or you might show up um, the best days where when you showed up that night you got to sleep on a gym floor for a few hours and then they put up your schedule so one of the great things about the summer is you don't really realize it um, right away but it's, it's yes it is a lot of work but every other aspect of your life is totally carefree like you don't have to worry about your schedule you don't have to worry about what you're doing you don't have to worry about like food or anything it's just like i'm gonna wake up and just follow the schedule on the board there you go um so that that is pretty cool how it just kind of a very you're kind of just off the grid in that sense for the whole summer it's pretty cool so what was the audition process like for getting to be in a drum corps they're both pretty similar um a lot of DCI cores and really any, I mean, most places you audition, whether it's a drum corps or a, um, a community group or some other honor group, I mean, they're going to want to hear some so- sort of technical slash lyrical solo. Um, so some places recommend what they want you to play. Some places you get to choose. If I remember correctly, Bluecoats, they specified they wanted to hear a technical piece from the Arbin's book for trumpet and a lyrical piece. Um, so they kind of chose it there. A lot of drum cores now are, they have like their their horn line method book where it's like, here's our warmups we use. So you kind of have to, I think some need to like buy their method book or like their horn line book ahead of time and like learn their warmups. Um, so it's gotten a little bit more involved, I think. I mean, I haven't really looked recently. Um, I think it was less so with Glassman, but I think I think because of how many people audition for these top cores, like they just want to see, you have to go in knowing how to play their stuff because um, they only have a summer with you. So if there's things that are clear issues and you're playing, you know, they could teach out of March, but some playing things take a little bit longer to develop, if that makes sense. What's like your favorite memory from Drum Corps? Um, my favorite memory, let's see, I'll pick, one from both summers. My my summer with Glassman, I marched with uh, two other people from my high school. Um, so just being with, that was a lot of fun. Um, I feel like I, some of the friendships I made with them was uh, was great. Just, um, it's not, you, you know, you don't always march with people that you already know really well. So that was pretty cool. Um, I think just the performance venues that you play at, like at Mile High Stadium where uh, the Broncos play in Denver, like going into a professional football stadium and it was just huge, just unreal. Um, And then, um, you know, like playing at the Rose Bowl or I guess probably the venues um, are some of the best experiences and just the bonds you create. Um, 
through those performances. Also in the performances. Now, see, now you ask the question on best memories and I'm just, there's a lot of them. And also doing like encore performances where you just stand still in the horn arc, really close to an audience and just, uh, just let it rip as a horn line. People love to hear the loud horn lines and just um, cr creating that experience for people and see people really enjoy what you guys do, so. So has teaching music changed your perspective on music at all? And if so, how? Oh, Gannon, good question. Uh, can you repeat the whole thing again? Okay. Has teaching music changed your perspective on music at all? And if so, how? It has changed uh, my perspective on music. I think, um, boy, that's, you, could, you could have a whole podcast about that. Um, I think I, as a teacher, I see more of what music does for the students. Like obviously I, I, I I'm lucky to have had a really great music education in grade school, high school and, and in college. Um, and I just took it for granted, like, oh, I have a, you know, a, a great time in music. But then seeing that from the other side and seeing like the decisions you make and how it impacts students and seeing that, like, I know we all want to sound great and be playing these killer groups, but also seeing what music does for students beyond just music. Like there are some students that I, that I have had or have that being in band, yeah, they like playing their instrument, but it's more than just that, you know, um, there's a, there's a phrase that I use, I've used with a former colleague of mine, like some of some younger students I might work with, like, you know, they, they need band more, you know, more than band might need them right now. Like, you know, they might still barely be able to play that baritone, but the social atmosphere is super important for them and the friendships they make and that routine and structure, um, seeing with the younger students is really important. Uh, so just seeing the bigger picture, um, and also one thing, I don't know if you guys are planning to go into music education or something with music. Um, I, one of my college professors told me that he said, the, well, the first things he said in our instrumental methods class was don't go into music education expecting to, to recreate your high school experience because it's very unique. It's, it all de it depends on who's there. It depends on what's going on at the time. Um, you know, that core group, of, that group of musicians at that time kind of affects how your experience is um so yes we all had a you know a positive high school experience but you need to take that and then adapt it to where you are um kind of bloom where you are planted and take your experiences and lift up another uh another group how however you see fit good question Gannon. um Thank so, you. so so what would be your end goal as a teacher so obviously you're a elementary middle school teacher right now do you want to stay there do you want to increase a grade level what what, what do you kind of want so this kind of ties in with Gannon's question um, like how's your views on music education changed um, you know at first whenever I went into music education I was like oh I want to do high school high school high school and I think that was because of my high school experience you know it's the most recent thing it's what you remember it's where the most memories are made you know um, but I think as I get older and see the impact you have and seeing how um, music can impact a community as well, especially teaching in Austin and a smaller community, similar to, you know, Otana as well, and how important that music program is to the community. Um, 
I think what's important too is not necessarily, you know, moving from one grade to another, also just creating a program with some momentum and um, that has a positive reputation to it. I think that that was a big goal. That would be a big goal of mine um, to be somewhere long enough where um, my, you know, a program that I had a big hand in creating or develop uh, to improving um, is a part of that community. And um, that's where it really thrives is when you have that reputation. It's also, you know, a, a big responsibility when you have a reputation, but um, I think that's the, that's the bigger goal is just to be somewhere where you could be a part of a community and um, whatever grade level you're, you're at, helping those kids become part of the, the music community. So then what advice would you give to young musicians who want to play in the future, whether in uh, DCI or college or even to become a music teacher? Um, you mean just to play, just to continue on playing their instrument? Yeah. yeah. I would say just continuously thrive to be as best as you can at your instrument because um, it'll help you in whatever situation you're in, whether you're teaching a younger student. Because um, if you know how to get to that point on your instrument, then you can help someone else do that. Um, be, a, be a great person, you know, come in with no judgment. Um, everyone who does music enjoys it. Um, so just come in and that's half the thing too. Um, being a good person and showing up on time, being prepared. Um, it's those little things too, because in high school, it's your class and you're in that class all the time, right? But, and once you leave, once you leave high school or college, you know, no one's gonna call you back, even if it's a community gig and it's a free one, it's a freebie, like a free church gig. No one's gonna call you back if you're late or if you're rude or if you're not prepared, even for those little things. Um, so just show up and be prepared. And that's not, even, that's not even a musical thing, right? It's just like in anything, just that competence to, um, to have your stuff together and get the job done. Um, that goes a long way. People remember that over your playing too. But of course you gotta play well, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then how has social isolation affected you as a musician or a teacher? Oh man, Gannon, another good question. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> um, Boy, it's, it's been hard. Um, to be honest, it's been, it's been really hard. The first thing that comes to mind is I think as music teachers, we are very fortunate that this happened at the end of a school year, especially for what I teach beginners and sixth graders, fifth and sixth graders. If I was teaching the be absolute beginners, I mean, it would be, it would be almost impossible. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to do over the computer. Um, you know, attendance is sometimes an issue and just not being in the same room is tough to make those connections. Um, so right now, I feel like with the video lessons and the virtual whatever ensemble, we're kind of, we're kind of using the built up skills from in-person rehearsals. And we're fortunate to have built all those skills in person in groups of 60, whatever, you know, and now we have to do virtually. So I feel like we're kind of maintaining our skill level. Right. Um, but obviously we need to get back to that group instruction playing ensemble because I mean, you guys probably know, how, you know, a huge part of being in any type of group is being with 
people you know and playing with others and that sense of accomplishment. I mean, yeah, we can practice our instruments and play for our band teacher over Skype. You know, we're getting better, but, you know, students also like just to see their friends in class. Um, and I, I even remember you know, going to wind ensemble second period in high school. You know, that's what I look forward to every day and just seeing my friends. And um, so that's a big part of it. So it's been hard. Um, as me as a teacher, it's been hard just not seeing, you know, all the students all the time. Um, I can't just go down the hallway and find a, find a student and say, hey, make sure you take your instrument home. Or, hey, here's this copy of music I have for you. And things take a lot longer. Um, you know, and it's, it's tough at times just, if, you know, I always think, am I doing enough? But I always have to remember, like, none of us have done this type of thing before. Um, so I think anything we put forward is better than, better than nothing. And, you know, we're all, we're all trying our best here. So. Yeah, definitely. How about you guys? Are you guys hanging in there? It's been oh, all right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's different, different right? That's for sure. Yep. It's yeah. Hard. We're all learning something from this experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, what's your experience been like with Owatana's marching band? Because you've been working with us for a few years now. Oh, it's been a blast. Um, so your, your marching band circuit is a very unique thing to Minnesota where you do the parade summer groups where uh, you do all the drill on the parades. That's something I've never, I never seen anything like that growing up um, in Pennsylvania. We, we, it's in Pennsylvania is either a field band um, that's competitive or a field band that's just a pet band and goes out there and does like simple formations. When we did parades, we would just play one little march and just go straight down. And we never did anything like that. So um, it was fun learning. Like, yes, it's a lot of my knowledge from previous marching band has uh, helped with teaching the Oton marching band, but it's been a lot of fun learning about that kind of medium of the marching arts. Um, so that was really cool. I guess two seasons ago, learning all of that. Um, but it's been great. You, uh, the Oatana Marching Band has some really strong traditions. And uh, like I said earlier, remember you talked about like a big goal in, as a music teacher is um, I think with Mr. Ginther being there a while, he's established, you know, this, um, the routine and the expectations and in the community, just what the music program means to the students in the community. And that's been great to come into um, and seeing how everyone kind of steps up to get, get the job done. You know, great student leaders. Um, one thing that I think you guys are really prepared for is to answer like, I forget who asked the question about what you need as you leave high school and college is like the lack of judgment. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see that whenever I, whenever I work with oh, a ton of marching man, like, um, you guys do a good job at realizing like, hey, we all perform together. So there's no reason to get down on the other person who's, you know, maybe making more mistakes than I am because in the end, we all have to perform together. And everyone's, in the realization that everyone's trying their hardest, we all just have to kind of lift each other up. So um, yeah, it's been great working with a group that just like always knows how to help each other and um, stays pretty positive. Because I know, you know, some of those days out there in the sun on the on the blacktop gets pretty hot and just sometimes you, it takes a lot of energy sometimes just to say like oh man all right i just gotta got, gotta push through another 20 minutes and um but you guys do a good job with that so 
it's been a pleasure to work with you guys for the last two years because um, it makes it easy on the staff's part. You know, that like that side of things we don't have to worry about. And we just get down to work and um, it's been good. What are you going to miss the most this summer since uh, the plug's been pulled on it? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, everything. Um, just, just being with a great group of people, you know, um, that I'm going to definitely miss that because everyone's just a blast to be around. Um, seeing the development in such a short time, because your season is so short, seeing the development of a show that quickly, I'm going to miss. Um, I was looking forward to a season with a, a prop that wasn't so big. <laughs> um, and uh, that thing was great, but I was, uh, um, I was excited to um, like focus on like more like now that it's been my second year there, I feel like um, I'm really getting to know how what the specific things to work on with marching techniques. So I was really excited to like dive even deeper into all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a bummer. That's all, all that's been put on hold. So just the whole activity, I know that's kind of a, bl a blanket answer, but you know, everything about it, um, even watching some of the drumline students eat donuts during a water break. I mean, I'm going to miss that too, even though it was like, come on guys, you should drink water instead of eat donuts, but <laughs> yeah, that's I'll miss that as well. That's the fun. Mm-hmm. You guys got any other questions for uh, uh, Ethan here? I don't think nope. so. All right. You got anything else you wanted to say, uh, Mr. Wyken? No, thanks for doing this, guys. Um, well thought out questions and hopefully it helped your, your discussion. So good idea. Thanks for, thanks for including me. I appreciate yeah, thank it. You, thank you so much for yeah. joining us. Yeah, it's good seeing you through. Hey, tell, tell the Owatonna folks I say hi. All, All right, right. We will. Okay. We'll do. All righty. See ya. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Yep. Bye. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And a huge thank you to Ethan Whiteken for coming on. That was a great conversation. Yeah, good show for you guys today. Well, yeah, thanks for tuning in. As of now, we might not have any more episodes because in the famous words of Alice Cooper, school is out for summer. Thank you. We'll see. <laughs>